When you only think about yourself, you ignore your neighbors. When you ignore your neighbors, you run over their garden hose. When you run over their garden hose, the hose springs a leak. When the hose springs a leak, you steal some duct tape. When you steal some duct tape, you propel yourself into a 70s cop show chase scene. And when you propel yourself into a 70s cop show chase scene, you hide in a garbage bin next to a plastic wise man. Don't hide in a garbage bin next to a plastic wise man. Get off your donkey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name's Tim. I'm the guy you're stuck with today. I'm, I'm glad you're here. And I, I, I hope uh, by the time we're done, you'll be glad you're here, too. Just want to give a shout-out real quick to a... Uh, a, a guest of mine in the house today, a buddy of mine, Pastor Dennis Taylor, a Lakeside Worship Center in uh, Plainfield is in the house. Dennis, stand up and give a wave to our friends here. It's Dennis Taylor. <laughs> dear friend, dear brother, some other folks from, uh, from, from my neck of the woods. If you got any friends, maybe looking for a church in Plainfield, they're launching on September 14th, right, Dave? All right, all right, all right. Thanks for coming. Good to see y'all. Anyhow, uh, Craigslist. Who's heard of Craigslist? Okay. Is there anybody who's not heard of Craigslist? Is there anybody who goes like, who is Craig and why does he get his own list? No, no. We've all, you know, you can buy stuff. You can sell stuff. I know all about that. But a, a, a friend of mine not too long ago pointed out to me this one section of Craigslist that I didn't know was on there. It's called Missed Connections. And the point of this is on Missed Connections. Like if you met somebody or bumped into somebody, but you either uh, didn't catch their name or didn't get their contact info, you could put an ad on Craigslist to try and connect with them, to reconnect with them. And uh, it's called Missed Connections. And let me read to you just, just a couple. And these, these, these are uh, actual things from Missed Connections. This one had the headline, Eyes Met During Bank Robbery. Quote, I know this is a long shot, but I was behind you in line when the robbers came in and shouted, hit the floor. You, tall, lovely, earmuffs, holding some kind of automotive tool. Me, tall, yellow jacket, fresh haircut, our eyes met under the desk. Can't make your stuff up. Here's another one. I quote, I'm not making this up. So we met at this bar that's now a Starbucks. We had a great conversation, and you gave me your number. I really meant to call, but I got into some serious drama that night. Long story short, I caught a Class A felony and got 25 years. I did 19 years, then got out on good behavior, and I thought I'd look you up. I guess your number has changed. Sorry for the delay. 19 years, sorry for the delay. Anyways, those are some things from, uh, from missed connections. And see, the point of missed connections is, of course, we've all had that experience where, where you know, it's like, ooh, there was an opportunity there, but we missed out on it. And that's, that's not a good feeling, is it? You can say yes, no, or I don't know. That's not a good feeling, is it? No, no. And those are not fun words to say when we say, you know, what might have been. Oh, what might have been. We usually say that with a lot of regrets. Welcome to part two of this series that we're calling Get Off Your Donkey. And it's based on one of Jesus' most famous stories. And uh, 
My guess is we've all either heard it or heard of it. It's the story, see if you can fill in the blank here. It's the story of the good... Ah, y'all are sharp. The Good Samaritan. Now, if you were here last weekend, how many of y'all were here in this place last weekend? Hands, please. Okay. How many of you all were not here in this place last weekend? Okay. And how many of you all are here this weekend? You didn't raise your hand, darling. How many are here this weekend? Okay, just checking. Just making sure that we're, that we're awake. Anyhow, uh, if you were here last weekend, you know that the story of the Good Samaritan isn't just a story. It's a story within a story. Does anybody remember that part? It's a story within a story. Here's the story that it's within. This religious expert, the Bible calls him a, an expert in the law. Now, law was just a kind of first century word for the first five books, the Old Testament, the Scriptures, the Torah, they called it the law. So when you hear expert in the law, just think religious expert who knows the Bible real well. This religious expert who knows the Bible real well comes up to Jesus one day and he says to Jesus, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, super important, don't miss this part. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't miss this part. Don't miss this part. See, we hear, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And we think, what must I do to go to heaven when I die? That's what we think, right? You can say right, wrong, or I don't know. Right. Okay, right, yeah, I thought so. But you know what, and, and, and that, that's important. But that's not what, uh, give me that, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life on the screen. That, that question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, in the original context, it didn't mean, how do I go to heaven when I die? Here's what it meant. This is important, don't miss this. It meant the guy was asking Jesus, how do I experience the God kind of life? The kind of life that's rich and fulfilling and purpose and purpose oriented and passionate and fulfilling and a kind of life I could never find if left to my own devices. When it says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It was saying, how do I find a life that I could never find on my own? Eternal life in this context does not mean what happens to you after you die. It's the quality of your life while you're in this life. That's the original context. This, this thing called eternal life, and that, that's not just about the hereafter. It's about the here and now and finding the kind of life that you can only find if you find, if you find God and God directs you. So that guy wants to know, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, in the story, it's actually happened, he says, well, you're an expert. What does the Bible say? And the expert in the law says, well, as far as I know, the Bible says if I want to inherit eternal life, i got to live this way. Next slide where it says, love the Lord your God. Uh, Diane is my PowerPoint person today. Hard job, especially when I'm doing it. Let's give it up for Diane. We're very formal around here. Anyways, so uh, the, the, it says, well, you know, as far as I know, the Bible says if you really want to have a great life, an awesome life that only God can have you find, you need to love God with all you got. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. That's how to have an awesome, God-fulfilled, flourishing life. And, and uh, Jesus says, ding, 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 you've answered correctly. And then, uh, but, but the expert in the law um, isn't going to let it go. He, he asks a follow-up question. And so, so Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And then the, the, the expert in the law says, ah, oh, but one more question, uh, Jesus. Uh, who exactly is my neighbor? 
And see, it was in response to that question of who is my neighbor that Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, that's how the story got started. And then Jesus starts the story. And this will be a recap for some. Jesus starts this way. I'll read it out loud. You can follow along with your eyes on the screen. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Pause. There was this one road that went from Jerusalem, which was the center of Jesus' homeland, to Jericho, which was another ethnic religious group over this way, which was in Samaria. So the Samaritan was most likely from Jericho, but he was doing business between Jerusalem and Jericho. And there's this road that went from Jerusalem to Jericho um, that people traveled, but it was a really dangerous road. Because there were all these rocks and boulders and stuff that as you traveled along that bandits and whatnot could hide behind them and then jump out and ambush you and take all your stuff. In fact, it was notorious. You were notorious for getting mugged and beat up by, by, by bandits and, and highwaymen on this part of the road. So much so that this particular road in the day was known as, it was called the Way of Blood. Ominous, huh? The way of blood. Now, when it's called the way of blood, why would you go there? (laughs) Makes you want to know if people were really not really right back then. But actually, from all I can tell, the way of blood, dangerous as it was, was really the only way to get from one place to the other. So if you wanted to go from Jerusalem to Jericho, you had to go by way of the way of blood. Um, So this guy takes the way of blood, and sure enough, On the way of blood, things happen on the way of blood as they are prone to happen. On the way of blood, some robbers jump out from behind a rock or a tree or something and beat the guy within an inch of his life and leave him there half dead. Now, if you know the rest of the story, you know that at some point this Samaritan guy comes along riding on his donkey, sees the guy bleeding and half dead there, gets off his donkey, puts the guy on his donkey, because you can't put somebody on your donkey if you're on it already. you got to get off your donkey to put them on your donkey. That's a heavy, deep truth right there. So he gets off his donkey, puts this guy on his donkey, uses it kind of like a four-legged, you know, living, breathing biological ambulance, and takes him to get help. And that's the story of, of, of the Samaritan, or so we think. But see, there's a part of the story, though, that we, I want to focus on today that we, don't, we, we need to not miss if we really want to let this story into our lives and do something for us, okay? Here's the part of the story that a lot of us don't know so well. Because see, before the Samaritan comes along, y'all, these other two fellas come along, all right? I quote, reading from Jesus again, I'll read out loud. You can follow along with your eyes on screen. Jesus says, quote, a priest... ...happened to be going down the same road... ...now this is before the Samaritan... ...a priest happened to be going down the same road... ...and when he saw the man... ...he passed by on the other side... ...you get the picture? Oh, dead guy on the left... ...I think I'll go to the right... ...hurting wounded guy on the left... ...I think I'll go to the right... ...no thanks, don't want any of that... ...that's what the priest does... ...and then Jesus says... ...likewise, in the same way... ...so too a Levite... ...when he came to the place and saw him... Pass by on the other side. Oh, wounded person in need. On the left, I think I'll go to the right. Two religious guys, a priest and a Levite. A Levite was, a, was just another, another uh, echelon of religious leader in those days. And they see this guy wounded and needing help. And they pass by on the other side. Now, as I told you all last week, I grew up in church. And I heard this story a million times. And I would hear the story. 
of these religious guys who don't help the guy. And I would just, like even as a kid, I would just get mad at him. You know, losers, <laughs> jerks, didn't, didn't help somebody. Then I get older, right, which obviously has happened. And, um, and then I add to that, that, that judgment, I add cynicism. And, uh, and, and, and jaded negativity, and I think, oh, well, they are, after all, professional religious guys, you know, and we all know what hypocrites all preachers are. Amen, <laughs> We're going to have to educate this house on the, on the proper use of the word amen. <laughs> My brother Dennis... Is about 6'4", <laughs> and he will meet you in the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> and my brother D's here, they take care of my light work. <laughs> Anyhow, so someone, oh, I'm like, ooh, and see, we can get all judgmental about the religious guys, right? Ooh, they're so bad. They're horrible. They're awful, terrible people. They have, they have like, no excuse. We hate them. They're bad. Not so fast. See, when Jesus' original listeners heard this story, they wouldn't have had that immediate reaction because they would have understood something about a priest and a Levite. Stick with me now. Priests and Levites worked in the temple. And there were, there were rules working in the temple in those days. There were all these religious rules and minutiae that said that if you came into contact with certain things, you weren't allowed to go back to work until you'd gone through a long series of painstaking ritual um, cleansings. Like washings and baptisms and stuff in order to because if you come into contact with certain things you are now unclean so you can't go to the temple and one of the things you weren't allowed to come into contact with was blood so the priest and the levite go hey that's blood he's bleeding if i touch this guy now i can't go to work this week i have to spend the whole week getting ritually cleaned up and they also, something else you weren't allowed to do in those days is you weren't allowed to touch something dead. If you touched a dead body, you were then ritually unclean, and you know, especially priest and Levite. And so when the priest and Levite, I mean, they don't know if the guy's dead. It says he's half dead. In my experience, is when somebody looks half dead, it's, they sometimes look all dead. <laughs> when I hear him saying that he was half dead, it makes me wonder which half. Anyways, top half, bottom half, left half, right half. Anyhow, um, so originally that the priest and the Levite passed by on the other side of the road, that wouldn't have been shocking in those days because they were just following the religious rules. Are you with me? Okay. So there was that. So in some ways they might have had what some would consider an excuse to not help the guy, to not get off their donkeys that was legit. But there might have been more going on with them. It wasn't just a religious ritual thing that prevented them. This was also, getting off their donkey to help this guy would have been a very dangerous thing to do too. How many of y'all remember that board game called Risk? Remember that board game called Risk? Yeah, Risk was mostly played with dice and little plastic armies. And we thought it was cool in the day, but that's because computers didn't exist yet back when I was a kid. So uh, at least not in most households. And we thought it was exciting, but it really wasn't. But uh, um, um, there was this risk, but really all you were risking was little plastic little plastic army pieces and risk. But see, if these guys had got off their donkey and helped this guy, well, think of it this way. Do you ever go through 
a particular town or certain neighborhoods in a particular town. And when you realize where you are and you stop at a stoplight, you kind of instinctively go, are my doors locked? You know? And so, you know, even if you know they're locked, you hit it again to make double sure. Now, think about it. If you're in that kind of neighborhood, whatever kind of neighborhood you would consider that to be, it wasn't necessarily safe. Are you going to unlock your door, get out, and go help somebody beside the road? As much as you are, if it's on the end of your own street, which is presumably a fairly safe place. You see what's happening here? This is, after all, the name of this road is called the, what's it called? Way of Blood. When I'm on my donkey going through the way of, on the way of blood, I stay on my donkey. My donkey is safety. In fact, I even give it a little bit of giddy up. Get me out of here. <laughs> See, how do I know that if I, if I help this guy, that I'm not going to get jumped? How do I know that this guy isn't like faking and playing possum? And maybe that's just fake blood on him. Maybe it's just ketchup. <laughs> and, and, and as soon as I reach over to help him, he's going to go, aha, and like hit me. And all of his buddies are going to jump me. And then I'm now the guy half dead on the road. So there was risk involved. But beyond that, besides there being religious rules and risk, maybe, maybe the priest and the Levite didn't get off their donkeys just because they were really busy. The temple they worked in in Jerusalem was the only temple of its kind in the entire world. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, came there every year. It was a big deal. They had to be very, 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 very busy. I found a a book online this week that that apparently just came out. It's called The Busy Christian's Guide to Busyness. Well, I already know how to be busy. Thank you very much. I don't need need help to to get busier. Um, But uh, because actually the book that fits my life is is this book right here. Crazy Busy, right? Hey, I'm crazy busy. I'm not kidding. I mean, I work full time. I'm in graduate school full time. And I have uh, two part time jobs in addition to that. And I have a wife and uh, two sons. And three stepdaughters. And three dogs, one cat, and more fish than I can count. All right? I'm not saying I'm busier than you. I'm just saying I'm crazy busy. So maybe the priest and the Levite were just like crazy busy. They've got their reasons. they got their reasons for not stopping. Maybe they'd had a long day at work and they're just in a hurry to get home. And, you know, maybe they just were... Really busy. Now, see, here's, see, to get the point of the story, y'all, to get the point of the story, we've got to understand something. Jesus puts the part in there about the guys who pass by on the other side for reasons that most of us would consider legit. Is there anybody in this house who ever passed by someone, who, excuse me, who's never passed by someone by saying, well, I'd like to help, but I'm just too busy? Is there anybody who's never, ever been too busy to help? Anybody? If that's you, I want your phone number because I'm going to call you next time I'm going to move a couch. Okay? No, we've all done it. Or how, is there anybody in this house who maybe never helped somebody because they were worried what might happen? Like, is this going to be safe or am I going to be comfortable or will, will it embarrass me or will this person... Maybe if I help them, they'll, they'll find out where I live. And want more help. And they'll want to take advantage of me. I don't want to be taken advantage of. I guess everybody in this house, if you've been around very long, has, at a time you didn't help somebody because you didn't want to get taken advantage of. Are you with me? Yeah. 
Okay. And there's one other book that I, that, that I think explains why we pass by another side. Give me another book title. <laughs> Again, books that I don't need to read because I already know how. I already know how to be that. And I'm not dogging myself. I'm, I'm not saying I'm more selfish than you are. Why are you laughing? Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But see, but you know, I get all, I get all wrapped up in my world, you know, because we all know what life's about, right? Life's about getting as much good stuff for me and my family and getting rid of as much bad stuff. And, you know, so life is about maximizing the good and minimizing the bad. And so I'm just so busy making sure that my life and the life of my kids and my family and my wife and, and you know, I make, I'm making, I, you know, come on, come on now. I'm a nice person, but after all, you got to look out for number one and, 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 And getting off my donkey seems to be contrary to that. See, here's the point. Jesus didn't tell the story that included the two guys who didn't get off their donkeys to make somebody look bad. He was given us somebody if we would let God's spirit in. He was given us somebody we'd identify with and go, oh, yeah. Uh, now that you mentioned it, Jesus, yeah, that's, that's kind of me. But, don't feel bad, because Jesus is not busting you out. Jesus is not, like, giving you a hard time. Because remember what this is about. This story is all about that question, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I find the kind of life here and now that's better than any kind of life I could ever find for myself? That's what it's about. So when Jesus calls you out and says, hey, you know, you're the person who, Tim, Tim, when Jesus calls me out, let's just, let's talk about me. When Jesus calls me out and says, Tim, you're the man who passes by on the other side because you've got your reasons. He's not saying, shame on you, Tim, bad boy. Loser, jerk. No, he's going, Tim, 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 Tim. Passing by won't lead you to the God kind of life. Passing by won't lead you to fulfillment. Passing by won't lead you to vitality. Passing by won't lead you to flourishing. Passing by will only lead you to passing by. And when you pass by somebody who needs help of any, of any kind... They didn't miss out alone. Tim, you did. Do you know this about the Lord Jesus? That he's in your life. Whether you know it, maybe you don't even believe in him. Yet. He's in your life to help you find life. Come on now. You you think Jesus is in your life to straighten you out? You think Jesus is in your life... To get you to get your act together? You think Jesus is in your life so that, so that you'll be a little bit better person? You think you, Jesus is in your life so you can pat yourself on the back for, for, you know, for, for the good things you do and the bad things you don't do? Well, I, I cuss a lot less than I used to. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Something. Come on now. Is that why Jesus died? We've got to do some business here. Did Jesus die just to straighten me out? I realize somebody should, but that ain't why he died. 
Did Jesus die just so I get my act together? Just so I could be, you know, have some sense of being holier than somebody? Or, you know, did Jesus die so that I would just become more philanthropic? Or did Jesus die so a messed up, broken, wounded, busy, selfish person like me could live? See, that person, whether it's your neighbor or the person who sits in the cubicle down the end of the hall or whether it's your, somebody in your family or your extended family, that person you come across who's wounded and need help, what if God didn't put them in your life for their sake? What if he put them in your life for your sake? Because he wants us to live. And he doesn't want us to miss the opportunity. You know, I got a bunch of other stuff. But I always talk too long. So I think if I stop now, I'll be all right. How long have I gone so far? 30? Perfect? Perfect? Perfect word, something I have never been called before. <laughs> you know, I, no, uh, come on now. If you think Jesus in your life, to get you to get your act together. It's just a matter of time till you'll find out that's a mistaken, miserable way to live. If you think Jesus is in your life to make you more moral or to make you more of a do-gooder, please, come on now. He didn't die for that. He died so you'd live, so I'd live. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, as sure as I'm standing here, folks, the people that I've had the opportunity to minister to their woundedness, whether it was loneliness or whether it was hunger or whether it was homelessness or whether it was friendlessness or whether it was a broken marriage or whether it was, it was a, a, a spiritual questioning. And I'm not speaking here as like the religious professional guy. With, you know, I'm just speaking just as, as, as somebody who's trying to follow Jesus as best I can. When I look at the people that God has allowed me to have to make any difference whatsoever in their life, the winner was me. And each person that I passed by on the other side, the loser was me. Not because I didn't follow the rules, but because... I missed the opportunity for life. And in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit.
Don't let us think we know this story. Rock our worlds. Let us see in the face of every hurting, needy person, whether the need is spiritual, emotional, financial, physical, whatever it is, let us see not a burden, not a rule, not some threat to our busy, chaotic, you know, self-centeredness. Let us see an opportunity and an invitation to life. Please, Lord, give us the eyes to see it. I pray for anybody who's in this house today who is burdened with a guilt-oriented view of you, God, a shame-oriented view of you, God, a legalistic view of you, God. I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, you will banish those false images. That is not who you are. You are the one who died so we could live. 